0: You really, you did it, Sarah. Another one, Sarah. Another one. And welcome back to another episode of Hate Spinner Bait, the podcast where we hate spinner bait, but we love Dexter.
1: Oh, we do love Dexter.
0: It Dexter. was an easy one this week, but these chapters are kind of a bummer. So we'll just keep those positive energy, positive vibes. Yeah. I'm Mike Lan and with me as always is Bethany. Bethany, how's Georgia? Tell us everything.
1: Oh my God. It's been a really good time. It's only been a week. So rose tinted glasses are still on. I'm sure there will be things that I find that I hate because um, that's the, the thing about any place. There's the good and the bad, but so far I'm super impressed. This is okay. All this is like hashtag, you know, you lived in Orlando <laughs> for too long when, when this week my husband and I have had to go to like Walmart and Target, like all those kind of stores, because we've been getting little bits and bobs for the new townhouse and whatnot. And we went to Walmart the other night at like 5 30. Okay, so this is prime, like after work time, ghost town, not a Brazilian tourist in sight, which of course, (laughs) I would argue, but like I don't think you all understand. Like when you live in Orlando for so long and you're just used to like anytime, there was a Walmart that was like less than two miles from our old apartment in Orlando. And I went to it a grand total of twice in like the years that I lived in that apartment because both times it was so insane that I was like, why am I, I'm never doing this again. So yeah. And yes, that one, exactly. That one was always insane. And I was like, why? Like, I'm never doing this to myself. And just the Target was always like, it's always crazy, no matter what time of day you go. So we went to Publix and it's like crickets up in there. We went to Walmart, went to Target, and it was so dead. We went to go see Ant-Man on opening day at our AMC. And in fairness, we went to like one of the busiest AMCs in the world. So we went to the one at Disney Springs. But it was nice, and it was the closest one to our apartment at the time. And I liked that it had security that you had to go through, which we've discussed before. We're a little wary of movie theaters sometimes. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. you you had to go through security, so it was nice. Anyways, I went to this AMC. We did go to an earlier showing. It was us and, like, four other people in the theater on opening day. And I was, like, mind blown. So, yeah, that's that's my Georgia update for everyone. So far, so good. How was Ant-Man?
0: Because I heard – I've been hearing some bad reviews.
1: It's not great. It's not terrible. Like, Kang is very interesting. And this movie was definitely – They're trying to set him up, obviously, like they've kind of introduced Mm -hmm. him in Loki. And so they're trying to set him up to be kind of the next Thanos. And I do think he's a very compelling villain. But overall, the movie was a little forgettable, which is unfortunate because I love Mm. Paul Rudd. And I love the first Ant-Man. And it's so unfortunate that both its sequels have been very forgettable. So yeah, it wasn't great. But I mean, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, she's a legend. Evangeline Lilly is also there I'm just kidding I'm sure she's lovely I've just been a little off her ever since the whole like anti-vax thing came out about her (laughs) oh (laughs) I didn't know that yeah she had a whole thing so clearly she did inevitably get vaccinated because I think like that was a big hold up is like she couldn't work on this movie until like she was vaccinated so she must have inevitably caved but yeah she got a little wonky during the pandemic um Hmm. I'd always loved her because she was on Lost. And then all that came out and I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. the, the, so I've kind of cooled on her a little bit. But yeah, it was like fine. I'd say like a very middle of the road Marvel, which I mm. always was kind of disappointing. I don't know. Mike which- and I were talking about this like – Since Endgame, there's really only been a couple of movies that have wowed us. Other than that, everything, you walk out of the theater and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that in like five minutes. so
0: Right. I know. I I am like very nervous about the future of Marvel just because I do feel like ever since Endgame, they've really gone downhill. I liked the shows like WandaVision was so good. Uh, Loki was really good. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was pretty forgettable, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, which is unfortunate because I love both the Sam and Bucky as characters. So I was really hyped for that show. And then it was kind of like, meh. Yeah. But yeah, the, I think Loki, which was so weird because I'm not a big Loki girl, but I actually really loved that show. WandaVision was phenomenal. Yeah, the shows have been pretty decent. Miss Marvel was really good. Oh no. And I didn't then, watch that. um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Shoot. I don't know. But anyways, exactly. the shows have been good. The movies have been subpar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huge bummer, but hopefully it picks back up. I also really love that we have, y'all can't see this because you can't see us because this is an audio format. But on recording today, we can always like pick a background. And even though these chapters, as we mentioned, are kind of bummers, we actually have like fun pink, sparkly hearts behind us. So we're trying to keep the mood up. We're (laughs) We're keeping it up. We are keeping it up. Things are good. Everything's great. Everything is fantastic. Life is good. I went to a Walmart and it wasn't even busy. So.
0: Oh my gosh. I don't think
1: you can run up and up
0: even understand what it is like to go to that Walmart in Orlando and literally at any hour of the night, it's a 24 hour Walmart. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I've been yeah, at like so. midnight just as packed as it is at like two.
1: It you is... really can't find a time. Like it's r- ridiculous. It is insane. I only went there once. Yeah, two times was uh, two times was too many. I think I don't know why I went back after the first time. Honestly, honestly, it's <laughs> wild. The, the choices choices were made. They were chapter twelve. Everyone, now that you've heard our Marvel review, tune in next week we'll be discussing which Spider-Man is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick quick recap
0: y'all we've been doing these episodes
1: i'm just ready to dive this is called moving brain everyone i'm like chapter 12 (laughs) let's go and i forgot that we always do a recap
0: yes we're doing a recap do we've been your recap we've been doing uh we've been reading this book for a while y'all you've been you've been with us so we kind of have the basic foundation remy doesn't believe in love because her mom has been married like a bunch of times she has met this man named dexter and they started dating and it was really freaking cute and she was starting to realize that she might be falling in love with him and then of course she got scared and she ended it dumb um they stayed friends (laughs) uh which obviously was dexter trying to stay relevant um and she has started dating this new guy named Paul, who her boss set her up with, who's pretty much just like well, one we're not of those. Quite
1: there yet, because that's gonna happen in the chapters we read today.
0: Oh my fucking god. I'm sorry, <laughs> y'all. I was like, oh, chapter 14, I just read it. Paul, no, Michael Ann, get your shit together. Okay, so they just broke up. Right. That's what we left left. with. Okay. So we ended it with.
1: We are getting into August where they decide that they are going to try to remain friends. And then she's going to meet this new guy. This is what happens, everyone, when we can't stop talking. And so we read a couple of these chapters for last week and then had to change the schedule because we had too much to say about blue plastic flatware. So (laughs) the more you know, that's what happened. So now we're like, oh, we're past that when really actually we're discussing that this week. Yes.
0: Okay. So here we go. Chapter twelve.
1: Chapter twelve. Come on. Who wants to kaboom? Which is <laughs> <Just, just laughs> a great way to start off a chapter. So we are at the toyota thon I believe it's a Toyotathon. Whoever no, it's John the runs. Toyota Fair. My toyota friend
0: Fair. Kayla texted me. Let me read you her text it's directly.
1: Toyota Fair.
0: Because I thought it was so funny. She said, Remy attends a Toyota fair, and I'm like, this is real history here, folks. We now know this book is pre-Toyota-thon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you grow up in a pre or post-Toyota-thon world? I'm sorry. Is this pre-Toyota-thon or Because you're at the Toyota fair, the Don <laughs> Davis Motors Toyota fair, and... Which friend is it? Lissa. Lissa is the one who has got a job selling Kaboom, which sounds real gross. So she's like trying yeah. to talk off samples of Kaboom, which honestly is such a thing. Like, yeah, especially in college towns. So when I was in college and you would go to a bar and there would just be people with like coolers and they'd be like, Do you want to try this energy drink? Do you want to try this beer? <laughs> that's kind of wild if that's a thing. One time I was at the beach in North Carolina, actually. And they were doing that, but with samples of sunscreen and it was ocean potion, which is a fantastic, very expensive sunscreen. And so we're like, yes, we will take free samples of that. And it smells like a creamsicle. And I love it. It's the best.
0: Ooh, that sounds very fancy. I do not That's remember anyone hanging, handing out free samples of stuff at school, but I also had a very um, insane college experience
1: that doesn't make any sense.
0: I would explain it to you, but I think it would give both of us an aneurysm.
1: (laughs) So we'll cross that bridge at another time, y'all. We'll cross that bridge. So yeah, they're at the Toyota Fair. So this is pre-Toyotathon, everyone, just so we know where we are in time and space. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's obviously Rummy's new stepfather, Dawn. And like we said, Lissa is selling the kaboom. Her mother is there. Because now that Don's married to her, he's like, I can use her. People like her books. Maybe they'll come down and purchase a new car. So she's there, but she's not, like, really getting a ton of fans. So she's like, these aren't my people. So that's a little disappointing. But, yeah, she has a little, like, booth set up. And then True Squad, I think I might be skipping ahead a little bit. And if so, I will follow- no, I guess we're about there. It of course, because it's a small world after all, as Disney once taught us, True <laughs> Squad ends up showing up because, of course – Dexter has a connection with Don. So they, poor band, apparently shows Don a lot of favors. So they've come to the Toyota fair to play some songs, which this is funny. They're playing some songs and it's all about like, and to do a driving. And she says it's like on the third song that they already are like really kind of uh, <laughs> running out of things <laughs> to do <laughs> with driving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is when uh, Remy tells... The reader and Lissa that her and I must call them Derek. (laughs) Dexter (laughs) are um, trying to be friends. Um, And Lissa is kind of like. I want to say she's calling her out a little bit here. Yeah. She's saying like, oh, that's interesting that you have decided to say friends with someone because you never do that. So hmm, I emoji
1: Another way in which Dexter has not followed the trend thus far. Uh, our baby,
0: our little baby. I just sort of put my hands around his
1: face. <laughs> his little Adam Brody, circa 2004 face. <laughs> yes, our little Dave Rogowski. Oh, bless him. I know. Bless him. So they're friends. You read the Bible, y'all, in one night, which is not easy to do.
0: <laughs> no borderline like impossible i'd say i've been thinking about so i was raised catholic y'all oh here's a tangent 12 minutes in i was Ooh, raised catholic i went to catholic high school and i'm no longer religious in any way shape or form but i've been thinking about reading the bible because i want to use it against religious people and arguments
1: oh that is fun be like you know oh, really boom i'm gonna hit you with this verse but i just think about having to read the Bible. <laughs> I know. That just
0: sounds miserable. <laughs> like, I know. Like, more
1: power to you. If you can do it, it's real long and, and real dull, so. I know. I was like, maybe yeah.
0: I'll just do it like in increments and then everybody, all the adults in my life will be like, oh my God, it's so nice you're reading the Bible and I'll be like, I'm doing it for a specific purpose.
1: me totally oh, what I intended to do with
0: it. <laughs> it's not enlightenment. Anyway, back on track. Oh, still friends and they're chatting and they're doing their thing
1: which I do like that Dexter says because he's all about like challenges like this will be the greatest challenge of all because she's Remy's, basically like well you know everyone says like we'll be friends but nobody means it and he's like but it'll be a challenge like this will be the greatest challenge of all and I'm like oh Dexter he's like but we're in love Remy we're in love we're in love Why can't you just be with me? I believe this is where Chloe is begging Remy to get back out there, which also these people, and I do know we all knew girls like this growing up, girls that are still like this, who can't just be like single for a minute, which that doesn't seem like what Remy is. Like, I think Remy was like, I'm just going to chill the rest of the summer. But Chloe, of course it's effing Chloe. Mm -hmm. is like oh you should get back on the horse like I met these college guys you should go out with them and I'm like why can't she just like be single for a minute first of all I think she should still be with Dexter but if she's not gonna be with Dexter why can't she just chill for a minute Chloe god damn but no she's like I met these college guys let's go on a double date with them I know
0: I know Chloe is really freaking annoying I do like that Lissa is reading like self-help books about like love and breakups like Lissa, that's exactly what you should do when you're leaving a long-term relationship. Find yourself and read some books, girl. I love that. So yeah, she gets these college guys. They're like, let's go on this date. Lissa has a crush on her Kaboom boss.
1: Find out. All these people in this book having like dates on their bosses, which we've all kind of been there. (laughs) Oh, wait, maybe that's
0: just me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, definitely not me
1: (laughs) so when you are a young person working at a movie theater all of your managers are basically your age so it's just like they wear a suit to work and you wear a uniform but other than that like you're on the same playing fields except there is this like power dynamic because they are technically your boss but anywho I had the biggest crush on this guy Stephen who was my manager at the movie theater and I'm certain that he reciprocated that crush but we were like both too like good people that we were like no like because you can't date a manager obviously so it was just like we'll just like flirt with each other at work but we never took it past that because it would have been a whole thing that's so nightmare but yeah he was a he was a nice guy and now he's off married with a kid and i'm off married and clearly everything worked out the way it was meant to be but good for you steven good old old days good for yeah seriously good for you steven he was always a very very nice guy and anytime i see updates of his life on facebook i'm very happy to see that he is doing well (laughs)
0: Good. Oh, love that. Yeah, I've never had a crush on a boss. I've only I worked at a ski shop. My boss was kind of weird. And then I'm pretty sure right after that ended, he got arrested for like creeping on girls in the woods. Hmm. Yeah, very strange. And then I've only ever worked at restaurants. And I can tell you one thing, a restaurant manager is not who I'm gonna have a crush on. That's a
1: fact. (laughs) Certainly would not. Oh, guys, especially any of the restaurant managers that I have had. There was one manager that I had at Applebee's who was, to this day, actually a very good friend of mine. He was a good egg. Again, we never – it wasn't ever anything romantic, but we were friends. But, yeah, any other (laughs) manager I've ever had, -mm. no no, thank you. would definitely never be crushing on any of you. Mm -mm.
0: In fact, I have four more managers that are like my art nemesis okay just one I'll never forget you Keith
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like oh which one is it because because there are a few. a few that could go on that list <laughs> Chloe has set them up on this like date or whatever which is like a dud of a date like yeah. all these two college guys the whole time Remy is just like I want this date to be over this guy is sounds like a dud to, to you know what's mildly.
0: funny is they were like, okay, here's the like, in, in just an hour, I'd already learned more about orcs, Klingons, and some master race invented by Evan himself called the Tricepators than I ever cared to know. Chloe's date Ben was cute. The twins were sporting Star Wars t-shirts and I'd spent the entire dinner so far ignoring them and discussing Japanese animation. And I was just like, Wait, is this my fiance? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't ignore me. He's like extremely uh chatty and likes to talk to people, but I'm like Star Wars t-shirts, that's my life. Like all of this, I was like it's like back then nerdy guys were like not cool, but now I feel right. like that it's I feel like the, the tables have turned.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah. She was explaining the dates, and I was like, "Oh, they seem like nice people. They're like Trekkies, Star Wars, like anime nerds. Like I, I know those people. (laughs) I'm married to one of those people. (laughs) I am those people. Yeah, literally. My (laughs) the person I'm married to is currently Mike. Why are you? What are you doing? You've been with me twenty four seven all week, and you can't (laughs) last without me for like thirty minutes. Go enjoy some me time, sir. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. Wait, Mike wants
0: Mike wants to be a host on Hate Spinnerbait so bad.
1: He really does. I think it's his like dream. <laughs> Could you please take our dog so she isn't crying at the door? Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yes, come say hi. hi you. You're very cute. You're very cute, and we love you. Yeah, I I am those people. I was putting together my, technically it's closets because Mike was nice enough to let me have both the closets and the master. And he just put Ooh. all of his stuff in the guest room because I have a lot of clothes. So I was putting all my things together today and I have, you know, those like, sh- like you can like hang up like a little hanging shelf on your rack or whatever. Mm-hmm. I put one of those up, which has, four shelves I think and it's just full of Star Wars t-shirts nothing else but four shelves of Star Wars t-shirts <laughs> and I'm not ashamed <laughs> and there will be more added to that I'm sure absolutely at, you know, any point but yeah so I was like what these people sound cool Remy but I mean it's not cool that they're ignoring their dates or whatever which again Jess Here's another dress is queer coded. She basically begs off to go. She uses the excuse of like, I have to go put the boys down. And she leaves the day. And I'm like, yes, girl. (laughs) She ain't having any of these boys. Uh Uh-uh. She is out of there. She's out of there. And I respect her for it. So this basically all sets up that the dead of a date, Remy goes home, which is where she ends up running into an irate Don and her mother, Mm -hmm. who her mother just kind of seems like she's over the situation, probably because Don has been a big man baby. And this is where I get very annoyed. I get very annoyed real quick. So they were at the Toyota fair, right? And so Don basically, I guess, took one of the model cars home. I'm still a little bit confused as to how he doesn't have his keys. I'm like, why couldn't you have just gone back to the office unless we're supposed to assume are they in the house? I'm, I'm not sure where his keys are, but they're locked out of the house and they've been calling Remy. She was at dinner. So she wasn't paying attention to the fact that she was being called. And Don is very upset about it and is very mean to her. And then about halfway, a little bit further than halfway down page 245, Remy says you, I said to Don, need to respect my mother. This is nobody's fault but your own and you know it. You forgot your keys. You got locked out. End of story. He's like berating Remy and her mom. Like he's being rude to both of them and Remy calls him out and I'm like yes thank you. You," Mm -hmm. I wrote the note she's not wrong because yeah like it's literally his fault and he is somehow mad at Remy and Remy's mom, Babs, Babsies. For A little something that he did. But yeah, this entire time I was reading these like pages, I was like, I'm confused as to where his keys are. Like, are they in the office? Wouldn't it have been easier to drive back? Are they in the ha- like what? I'm confused.
0: So. I know. I know. I wrote yes, queen, next to that too, because like <laughs> I wish that I had the like ability to talk back to an adult like that. I did not. Yes. at all i would have just been like mm-hmm. lissa and like probably let him just like yell at me be like okay here's my keys not anymore now i would be like go fuck Scream yourself but yeah then she, so she tells him off and then she gives him his keys and he says she said what a baby and lissa's like he was really mad maybe you should have just said you're sorry and she was like sorry for what for not being psychic and it's like, yeah, exactly. She has literally nothing to be sorry for. We find ourselves like, mm-hmm. I feel like as women, we especially like we always find ourselves in this position where we feel like we need to apologize all the time for nothing. Mm-hmm. I especially see it in corporate America where my female coworkers, all three of them will be like, you know, apologize. Like they'll be like, hey, I need this done. I'm on vacation. And people will be like, you know, men will be like annoyed that she's like, hey, I'm on vacation. This needs to be done and she'll be like i'm really sorry i just like i need this stuff done and i can't do it right now cuz i'm at universal studios and it's like first of all what are you apologizing for? you're on vacation right. you shouldn't even be online and like yeah. we we everyone's constantly apologizing every woman is like constantly apologizing at work just for no reason and i'm like what if we just stopped doing that
1: right and In what the world that would be i don't do it yeah This, this Lissa bit when she was like, he was really mad. He should have just apologized. And it's like, what? Yeah. Which is what? Like, yeah, that's just, it's ridiculous. And it goes to that, like, I mean, this isn't related, but it's kind of related that whole you have to be nice. Cause you're like afraid you're going to get killed sometimes kind of thing. Yeah. Like when you're on a bus and a stranger sits next to you and you try to do like the earbud thing or I'm like reading and the guy like won't take the hint and you feel like you're forced to talk to him because you're like, he could just kill me. But and yeah. that's terrible. But like, that's how we think. But yeah, it's like you apologize. Cause you're like, well, if, I don't, then I'm going to be seen as a bitch or I'm going to be seen as bad or whatever. And it's like a guy would never apologize for not doing something because he's on vacation. Like he would just be on vacation. But yeah. Right. Yeah. it's just where we are.
0: I quit my job this week. And since I quit, I have been like, so as I said, there are three women total on my team. And so I have been behaving like a man and calling out the men for telling me to do stuff that is not my job. It's their job. And let me tell you something. It's freeing. It's freeing. I think I'm just going to do it forever.
1: (laughs) You should do it forever. (laughs)
0: Like, no, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to do your job for you. Just because like this man was like, do this. And then like sent me the instructions. And I'm like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. But it's from my understanding that that's actually your job. So if you need me to do it, I'll do it. But I'm pretty sure that's
1: your responsibility now? Question mark? Just saying. Just saying. But yeah, I think that's like a good, you know, because like this last week, you know, you had your like foot out the door. So you're like, I'm just going to say whatever I want. But like, take that mentality into the new job. Like, stand yeah. standing your ground from day one, baby. Don't let anyone walk over you. <laughs> exactly. Like, Damn women, true. think to- before you... It. Before
0: you type something that sounds uncertain or an apology in your team's chat, think to yourself, would a man do this? And if the answer is no, then don't do it. And that's all I have. That's how I've been doing this. I've been like, would a man say this? No, No. I'm not going to say it then. Like, I am just going to work professionally. And if you guys think I need to be like chippy or like smile more, um that's just stupid <laughs> that's just silly
1: to, i'm gonna need you to not say yeah. those
0: comments. okay i'm gonna need you to think oh. about those comments in your head for like 10 minutes
1: and then not say them out loud to me thank you so much would really <laughs> appreciate it thank you
0: <sighs> but anyway dawn fucking dawn. dawn so then she's like kind of worried about her mom and she's like mom are you okay and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm Good night. So Remy is starting to kind of see her mom do some things differently in this marriage. It, it mm-hmm. appears like she's spending less time writing her book and more time doing things for Don, which is uh, not like her normally. And now she's kind of like letting this guy flip the fuck out in their driveway and just being like, I'm fine. Good night. And so I think it's starting to kind of like freak her out. Yeah. Also, she says yeah. here on 247, so they go out, they go back to, they go to the quick sip quick with Jess to kind of like talk about what happened. And she says, plus there was something else, this weird feeling of betrayal almost, as if for so long my mother and I had been on one team. And now suddenly she'd up and defected, pushing me aside for someone who would stick a finger in my face and demand respect he hadn't even begun to earn. Another thing to remember, ladies, is men can't just demand respect for you respect has to be earned
1: mm-hmm. okay
0: and yeah she's kind of saying like it's always been her and her mom against everything and now it's kind of like her mom and don are their own thing now which she's never seen before which is interesting
1: yeah she's she had talked before about how her mom kind of just like adapts the personalities of the person that they're with. And now she's in this very like suburban night kind of time. And she's kind of keeps referring to the fact that her mom is like settling, which yeah, yeah, you kind of get this vibe in this chapter. Like she's just tired of doing this, like trying to date someone, find someone. So she's going to put up with more crap than maybe she would in other relationships. But yeah, I think Dawn is very much like now that her mom has joined a more suburbanite kind of I'm married to the car salesman guy. Like he lives like most of society in a very patriarchal society. And so it is that he's the man of the house. And you know, Jess here is talking about how like it's it's honestly like very normal behavior, which it shouldn't be, but it is, unfortunately, because yeah. like most households are, you know, kind of done that way. This is actually kind of a funny Tangent alert, everyone. Story. So, when Mike and I first started dating and we did the whole like meet each other's parents things, again, I think Mike grew up in a, a much more traditional family where it is a little bit more patriarchal, where like it's, you know, his dad's word. and my family my dad is one guy surrounded by a bunch of women so we are very different we are much more matriarchal uh society and in our household so my dad is often like the butt of the joke and he loves it like nothing pleases my dad more than like me and my sisters and my mom all laughing like when we get like laughing really hard they call it like the hyena laugh because like we you know when you're laughing so hard like you're not making sound anymore. You know, like, it's just like, you're like, ah, whatever. So like, my dad thinks it's the best thing, like when we're all laughing, and he doesn't mind being the butt of the joke. Well, the first couple times that my husband was around my family, I don't think he was used to that. And so one time we were driving home, and Mike was like, I kind of feel bad for your dad. And I went, why? (laughs) That was so weird to me. And he's like, well, like you guys make fun of him a lot. And I go, oh yeah. Like he's, he's used to that. He's been surrounded by women. And I was like, we, it's it's our way, like growing up. And I, it's not even something I ever realized because that wasn't strange to me that it was like the women of the house made the decision and my dad was along for the ride. And I think that was very strange for Mike to encounter because he had not seen that in his family. And so I think Remy growing up because it was her and a single mom who, yeah, she married a guy, but like it never lasted. I think they have very much that kind of, you know, family and more like my family where it's kind of like what mom says goes. And for the first time, Remy is seeing like what the rest of the world, well, not the rest of the world, but like what unfortunately predominantly most of the world is, which is like he's the man of the house and what he says goes or, you know, whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I didn't think about it like that. I am trying to think what my family was like, and I'm pretty sure it was pretty patriarchal. But yeah, I think it was pretty (laughs) uh, (laughs) patriarchal in my house as well, because I was raised by conservative boomers so obviously they're gonna bring like the family structure into that relationship yeah and yeah that's really interesting wow I never thought about
1: that yeah and it's like seriously something I never really thought about until it was like brought to my attention and again obviously it's like my dad had a say in his life like (laughs) like obviously right 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 right, you know whatever but it was like very much like my dad just, like, seeing us happy. So, like, as long as all of us are happy, he's, like, a very go-with-the-flow guy, and he's, like, all right, I guess that's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, Oh, Like, you know, and so it just was, like, so weird to me that, like, I would have never even crossed my mind.
0: Yes, and then Lissa says here, it's a dominance thing, Lissa chimed in, like dogs. He was making it clear to you that he's the alpha dog. And it's, like, ew, I hate this guy. I do not like that vibe
1: first of all his insurers now this everything about dawn is just a big no for me personally thank you 100 yeah and then they're kind of talking about like what you do for love like this is kind of because again we were saying which is also what remy is thinking that it seems like babs is settling a little bit here and this is kind of being like well you know like certain things you're willing to put up with if you love someone and so they're like you know think of all the things you put up with for dexter and of course she's like denying all of this and this is where jess learns that she let dexter eat in the car which yeah that was a Mm -hmm. big deal but yeah again it's like but it's different it's it's one thing to be like yeah i i except the flaws of someone like Dexter being a little messy and whatever. And then there's like Don in his weird paintings and the fact that he's like a dick, like that's right. Not the same.
0: <laughs> like you can put up with certain things like, Oh, my man is a little messy and I have to clean up after him or like, right. Or maybe you don't have to clean up after him, but like, you know, you have to tell him to clean up after himself, like whatever, you know, when you're single, you have different ways of doing things. And when you come together, it, there can be some clashing, but not, not like Don. Don is like, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to tolerate, if I had a kid, which I don't, but let's say, uh, Albus, my Doug who's, who died, if I started dating Andrew and Andrew started, like, screaming at my dog and, like, disciplining him, I would be, like, no.
1: (laughs) That's enough. That's a big red flag. I'd be, like, And we're done here. Thank you so much. (laughs) Right.
0: Exactly. Like, there's things that you can, like, quote-unquote, like, make sacrifices for, put up with, you know, like, little things. Like, just getting used to being not single anymore, basically. But, like, things like this, and, like, trying to show dominance over, like, your child or something, like, no. That's
1: like an, that's a no. <laughs> Especially when it's I mean dominance over child's period would be a no for me, but yeah. She is a I mean, yeah, she's a teenager, so she's still a kid. But she's 17, well, 18, I guess. 18. Yeah. 18, about to go to college. Like, it's too late to play the I'm your dad card, you know? Like, right. she's never going to call you dad kind of thing. they are always going to be Dawn to her. So, like, don't even try that. Right. Maybe one thing if she was, like, 10 and you're like, okay, like, we're going to live under the same roof. And I'm going to be, like, a father figure to her. But that's not the case. And even then, if you came in and yelled at my 10 year old, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'd be like, who do you think
0: you are? It's like um, when Max Medina and Lorelai get engaged and they go on that double date with Dean and then they come home and he's like, Max is like, "Um, they're still outside. It's 11 o'clock. Like, where's my place here? What do I do if she comes home drunk? And Lorelai's like, nothing.
1: Nothing. And he gets like super
0: mad. And it's like, she's like 16. She's done being like raised like. It's too late. And you yeah. let them, the
1: primary parent take the, right. the, you know, whatever they're doing. You're like, oh, okay, that's what we do. Oh, like you let your daughter do that? Awesome. Okay, that's it's clearly not my place then. Yeah. Right, know, like, exactly. Like, ugh, yeah, like I'm a alpha male dude bro guy thing and it's very not cute. No, not cute at all. She then has this conversation with Chris. So it's now the next morning and which ironically when she shows back up she's now locked out of the house and she's like ding ding, it but she has this conversation <laughs> with Chris basically saying like hey like why did you decide to like fall in love with Jennifer Ann or like how did you know that she was like the one that was worth taking the, the risk of love on and he basically to Remy is like it's not like an equation Remy like that's not how love works he's like yeah. I didn't pick her I didn't decide like it just happens and I think that's the thing that like Remy is really struggling with is she wants to be in control like we've talked about the shame we've talked about the control and this is another one of those situations where it's like with love you aren't in control and I feel like she can't grasp that concept right now
0: yeah yeah exactly like she like he's basically at first he's like really confused he's like I really don't even know what you're saying to me right now and she's like I just don't understand like what made you decide to take the risk like oh Remy
1: Baby girl, Remy, poor thing. She's off, man. Seriously. And yeah, she then- says
0: she has like this weird moment with the lizards, where she like yeah. is just kind of like, ooh, lizards. And then she, you know, the lizard looks at her, and and she kind of has this like moment. And she says, and all of it came down to one thing: love or lack of it. The chances we take, knowing no better, to fall or to stand back and hold ourselves in, protecting our hearts with the tightest of grips. And I think what's huge in this sentence is like the lack of it because it's like she's seen so much in her view, like a lack of love. Like with all her mom's marriages, she sees like the end, the end of love, like the the yeah. downside. She doesn't see the beautiful part. And she <clears throat> that's all she's focusing on. And like even her mom has said at some point we haven't gotten to that part yet. I don't think where her mom is like, it doesn't it's not about. It's not about the end. You know, it's about the the love itself or whatever. It's, it's, it's all worth it. And yeah, she just can't
1: see it. She's like, I got nothing. She's not there yet. Come on. She's so close. She's so she's close. Not. It is interesting that she is starting to like question things. But I like that mm-hmm. she's still in denial, like even from herself. Like her friends can see it, that Dexter was different. I think her mom can see that Dexter is different, but she still can't see how that relationship was different. But then she's going and asking Chris questions like this, and it's like, mm, "You're getting there, you're getting there, but you're not quite there yet." Mm-hmm, exactly.
0: All right, chapter thirteen.
1: Here we go. This is uh, where you meet Perfect Paul.
0: <laughs> Perfect Paul. My dad's name is Paul. Oh,
1: hey, hey, Paul. That sounds like a nice, good old Catholic name, right there. Yeah.
0: Yes, they all have biblical it, biblical names. So this is when. They kind of give her like a mini makeover, Lola and Amanda and a few of them, give them just give her a quick makeover to her hair, paint her nails, stuff like that. And this is when she meets Paul, as you said. And it's like he is a good looking guy. He has a good handshake. He is like charming. He's flattering. And she decides like, okay, I'll go out to dinner with him, which I was like disappointed about. I was like, man. Paul. Ugh,
1: Again, on. he's perfectly fine, but this is 100% that Taylor Swift song that's like, The Way I Loved You. It's like, he's perfectly fine, but I miss, you know, all the passion that we had, Dexter. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, will we'll be on Remy's playlist. <laughs> yes,
0: 100%. And so then, then she sees Dexter and he's like, wow, you look great. And she tells him, like, I'm going on a date. And he's like, oh, that's no worries like that's great like good for you (laughs) basically it's fine Um, fine. fine. (laughs) yeah it's like ross with the martine with the margaritas Um, (laughs) and yeah she said he says oh yeah i saw him looked like a nice upstanding guy and it's like yeah that's basically what he is he's just like a rich put together white dude
1: yeah boring so <laughs> boring I'm sure, again i'm sure he's lovely and most parents would be very happy if he brought him home but ugh, he's no dexter so he's just kind of a dud in my book but there's nothing against him personally it's just he's not you know he's not for me not who i want her to be with exactly. i did like this conversation they have uh he's been working at the flash camera as we know and so he got some like there's a defective shipment that came in of these like disposable cameras basically And so he's stolen a few of them and he's like going to take pictures with them. And so, of course, Remy cannot understand this because she likes control and she likes things neat and organized and perfect. And so why would you want a defected camera taking pictures? So he says, that's the whole problem here. I think they just might come out. Maybe they won't be perfect. I mean, they could be blurred or cut off in the middle, but I'm thinking it's worth a shot. That's just me, though, which, of course, is so dexter and is something that Remy can't understand. Also very like Mira. I feel like Mira and Dexter would get along very well. Like they can see even when something is broken that it's not completely useless. So yeah, Dexter is, he's the type of person who thinks that it's totally worth giving a shot and Remy is the type of person who rather just not take the picture because she knows it's not going to come out perfect and that is the impasse that the two of them are at right now. You know, those like diagrams that are like
0: chaotic neutral, chaotic good, whatever. I feel like Norbert Norton Norman Norman
1: we are so bad at remembering names we get the next look and we're like what were the names of the (laughs) one we read before except for Isabel and Scarlet because they're queens so we remember their names
0: but I'd say like chaotic good is like oh my god I immediately forgot his name Norman um (laughs) Mira and Dexter are all chaotic good 100%
1: I agree they definitely all fit that
0: I love them oh so then she says here like they're talking whatever about the cameras and she's like you might not even know if they work and he's like yeah but you know like as you said like oh, they might and she says here that was the problem after all I wouldn't waste the time on such odds well he jumped to them people like Dexter followed risks the way dogs followed smells thinking only of what could lie ahead and never logically or what probably did and, you know, it's kind of like what you're supposed to do in life, I think. I think it's a lot yeah. easier to just not let your anxiety and your what-ifs control your life because then,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you'll be living a, uh, it's like, instead of thinking, like, what could go wrong, just think about, like,
1: what could go right. Yes, exactly. Half glass full instead of half glass empty. We put together, there are, so I live kind of close to an airfield base now. And so there are, like, these oh. really intense looking, like, military helicopters that are always flying around and so i I kept hearing them i hadn't seen them the other day i walked out of the townhouse and i was like oh there's one yes like every once in a while there's just like very loud airplane noises because it's like (laughs) an airplane or a helicopter they're like doing little like testing for like the military whatnot so yeah yeah we uh, have those
0: we live near one too we don't get the military helicopters that often but we get those huge military planes oh yeah that oh, just fly over and they just like blow my mind every single time I see them like,
1: the helicopters are like so wet like I guess I don't know I've, I've obviously like I've seen them before in my life but I haven't had them like flying overhead every day um yeah. until we moved here and I'm like oh my god these things are so loud and it's like a helicopter so it's not going at like a very fast clip you know so you're just like all right <laughs> for a minute there yeah Oh my Ugh, gosh.
0: Yeah, Or difficult. you just like wave and you're like, there goes 90% of my tax dollars. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> right there,
1: that helicopter. That's
0: it. Oh, that's
1: mm. so worth it. No <laughs> health care or anything, no but oh, we got nuclear bombs, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sweet military grade helicopter, baby. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, so worth it. In my home so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell ya. Uh, if we don't laugh, we'll cry. That's true. We well, really will. I'll think about all the people that have free healthcare and I'll just cry. Oh, yeah. what I was going to say that about before I got distracted by the military is, <laughs> yeah, like the whole like optimistic versus pessimistic point of view. So the other day, the desk of which I'm recording this podcast on right now, we had to put together and mm-hmm. there's like a piece missing and it's like kind of complicated. And my husband like was looking at it and he's just like, well, that's it. I mean, we really need three people and there's this leg broken and whatever. And I was like, and that's why you're the pessimist and I'm the optimist. And I was like, let's flip it over. We can do it with two people and we'll figure out what to do with the broken bit. And hey, looky there, I'm recording on it right now. So sometimes you just need a pet or an optimist in your life. That's my role usually. I like that. There we are. So yeah, if you're just a little bit more go with the flow and optimistic about things, you can build the desk. That's my moral of the story, everyone.
0: <laughs> yes, I've been trying. I have been trying to be less of a pessimist and more of an optimist, because if I don't, I will have a breakdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? It's going well. It's going well. Most days, I like always make sure to find things that I'm really grateful for every day. And it definitely does help. So, whatever. I also listen to the Snoop Dogg affirmation song, um, which I love.
1: Hellstidia. I love that. Have you heard the Snoop Dogg affirmation song? No, but I'm going to look it up immediately yes. after we finish recording because I need that in my life now that I yes. know what it exists. It's literally,
0: and it makes you feel so good. You're like, my feelings matter. It's so fun. <laughs>
1: it's for children up.
0: it's but for children
1: sometimes it's fertile i mean i put yeah. on mr rogers clips sometimes when i need Aww. like some positive vibes so i think the That's inner child nice. sometimes you need to to speak to your inner child as well
0: <laughs> i like that oh my gosh i'm gonna start putting on mr rogers,
1: mr. rogers what is, is everything what a great really stand-up dude some I always think of that meme that it's like him and Bob Ross and like Bill Nye the Science Guy, and it's like some men just want to watch the world learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are kind of
0: dudes I'm about. Her mother is cooking. am oh, cooking. <laughs> her mother is writing her book again. <laughs> not cooking. Not me and fine. me and Babs have the same uh desire to cook. Same. She is getting ready for her date with Paul. Oh, okay, so this is where. She's talking to her mom, and her mom's waiting for Dawn. They're going to a dinner with Toyota VIPs, which I find interesting. Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know the car salesman uh, world,
1: The only thing I know about the car dealership world, I learned from Cobra Kai. So it's probably not real (laughs) accurate. But Daniel LaRusso is the owner of a couple of car dealerships with his wife, Amanda. And they basically use that as an excuse for him. Speaking of like Toyota VIPs, they use this as an excuse for him to go to Japan in like season two. Mm. So I'm like, are they those kind of Toyota VIPs? Um I, I doubt it. But yeah, that's all mm. I know. So again, my information is probably not that accurate because it's from a television show.
0: <laughs> if you guys out there, if any of our listeners know anything about car dealership ownership, Called car dealership ownership. Let us know. Like, is he meeting with like Japanese Toyota VIPs or just like some random American people? I would love to know. But anyway, so they're going and they're getting back. I mean, they're going on this dinner. So she's waiting for him and she's like, you know, annoyed because she's like, I've got Melanie and Brock at a sidewalk cafe in Brussels with her estranged husband, fast approaching. And the last thing in the world I want to think about is sales figures and cut rate financing techniques. Yeah. Um, And she's like, don't you wish you sometimes you could just live two lives? Of course, this makes her think of Dexter because she's like, I wish like deep down, Remy's like, I want to be with Dexter. But she like will not allow herself to do so. So Don is like screaming for his shit because he can't find anything because he's useless. He's like the character. So
1: useless. <laughs> he's like a
0: caricature of a straight man. You know, like you always nice. see those like straight men. You know, I, we're both married to straight men, so we know that not all straight men are like this, but, like, you know, that, like, mentality of, like, they don't know where any of their shit is, they don't do anything for themselves, they don't take care of the kids, like, that's exactly who this guy is.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're talking about the blind date. Yeah, and this is where they have the very nice conversation, which we kind of alluded to a little bit last week, because, again... We had read this chapter at that point because we thought we were going to be discussing it. And then we took too long to get there. So we're discussing it this week. But this is that beautiful discussion that she has with her mom, which, again, Babs and I don't always see eye to eye on certain things. And I think that she does take advantage of Remy and the fact that Remy kind of has to parent her sometimes. But Um, I do love this beautiful conversation they have. Like, you know, Barbara can kind of look back at her failed relationships and she's like, there are some good things in all of them. And like, I'm glad I was in all of them. And all Remy sees, like she says here, but they did end. All of them, I said. They failed. And that's how Remy sees it. And Barbara definitely doesn't see them as failures. She sees, you know, she can remember the good things. She can remember the pieces. You know, they're not a sum of their whole and all that kind of, all that jazz. <laughs> right. so, yeah, so this conversation, I guess I kind of alluded to it last week, but it is just, I don't know. I think that she's, I, I do agree with Remy's mom here, I think 100% mm-hmm. that like, just because something's not going to last forever, it doesn't mean that it was a failure. There was still a lot of good things to be had from that, you know, past relationships that I've had or crushes or whatever. Like, obviously, I'm not sad that they ended because that was what was best. And that's what led me out the path to meeting my husband. But there are definitely some really good fond memories I can look back on. And Remy yeah. just needs to learn that there's nothing wrong with taking a little risk every once in a while. And even if it doesn't last that that doesn't mean that it fails.
0: Yeah, I think two hundred and eight, two page 265 is just like I have like almost the whole freaking page highlighted. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, But it's just yeah, it's beautiful. She just says, you know, sure, maybe I would have protected my heart from some things. But would that really have been better to hold myself apart because I was too scared that something might not be forever? Right. That's that's kind of the thing about life that's hard to deal with is like there's gonna be pain but you know if there is no pain there is no joy it's like you know you need both both ends and you know obviously that's hard to deal with because nobody wants to feel pain nobody wants to have to deal with like the end of a relationship or anything like that but
1: you know you have to Yep. That's just the that's just the world we live in. That's, that's just, just the, the cards we've been
0: hmm That's just what it means to have a conscience. Yep. Yeah, Frozen she says
1: cons, you know, pros and cons
0: exactly she says but it's also true that i have loved and been loved and that carries a weight of its own a greater weight in my opinion it's like that pie chart we talked about earlier in the end I'll, I'll look back on my life and see the greatest piece of it was love the problems the divorces the sadness those will be there too but a small smaller slivers tiny pieces and yeah that's exactly it like if you are denying yourself love as she says that doesn't make you strong it makes you weaker because you're doing it out of fear and that's that's 100 true like Mm -hmm. you think you're being strong by closing yourself off and not letting people in but that's just not the case i definitely used to be that person that would just be like get away from me i don't want to have any sort of like anything i I just i need to hold myself like by myself and that's just silly you need people and you need love it's what makes uh all of the other crap bearable. (laughs) exactly yeah she says maybe a marriage like a life isn't only about the big moments, whether they be good or bad. Maybe it's all the small things like being guided slowly forward, surely day after day, that stretch out to strengthen even the most tenuous bond. Correct. I mean, what else can we even say There's just like nothing to
1: add. It's like, yep. Yeah. Exactly. I really nailed that one, Barbara, a.k.a. Sarah Dustin writing as Barbara. You nailed Absolutely. That one. <laughs> you really you did it, Sarah. Another one,
0: Sarah. Another, Another. one.
1: Another one. <laughs>
0: She's killing it. She's killing it. I, I, I just can't. killing it.
1: uh But yeah. Then she goes out with Paul, who she says is not a bad setup, which agreed. He's on break from he's going into a sophomore year of college, I believe. So a little bit older, but not much of an age difference. They both have the whole like college thing. I also think like when you're going into your freshman year of college, like knowing someone who's already like had a year under their belt just like is so nice to you because you're like, oh, like you. You're not afraid of it. Like, you did it already. You're a pro. Like, give me your tips and tricks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, they go to a, like, Mexican restaurant that she likes. And it seems like it's just, like, a nice standard date. Again, nothing terrible, but nothing great either. Yeah.
0: Also, um, seeing here, you probably, like, aced the SATs, right? I just want to say that the SATs are not necessary for college anymore. My niece's... My niece didn't have to take them. She did take them because she's trying to get into like really good schools. And she got into Penn State and the pre med program, no big deal. But, hey girl. but like, you don't have to. They'd like removed it wow. as a requirement.
1: That's, I did not know that. That's awesome. Like, because I know they're dumb and they shouldn't yes. be required because a stupid standardized test does not show the intelligence of someone. But that's exactly. a whole other tangent that I could go on.
0: Oh, they're wow, ableist and classist but anyway
1: the fact that you had to like pay to go yeah. on a saturday to sit there mm-hmm. for hours to take mm-hmm. a stupid ass test mm-hmm. it's really it's a dumb system and that determined whether or not you got into a good school who decided yeah. that yeah men. white white men white, <laughs> white men, men decided that rich white men yep <laughs> to make it clear <laughs> yeah
0: this is about also, keeping the poor poor
1: Just as, again, to go on like a small tangent, at the end of the day, colleges are businesses, right? Like they're here to make money. They're for profit. And that's why they're like recruit so heavily. And that's why they want to be known as one of the best is because they want your money. So I also think it's very dumb how difficult it is in a sense to get into them because it's like, do you want my money or not? (laughs) You're right. Do you want like $40,000 a
0: year or no? I know. (laughs) It's it's wild. The whole- It's a very
1: strange- this It's a strange ass system that we've got going on, is all I'm going to say. It,
0: it really is. And, and I think we could both go on for like two hours about that. <laughs> we, <sure
1: could. laughs> we really, oh. really can. But we're going to carry on because this episode is only supposed to be about three chapters. So we are determined <laughs> to keep it to a slight minimum. I'm not promising a minimum, uh, but a slight minimum.
0: We're going to do our best. We're gonna do our what we're going to do. Okay. So, yeah, they have like a nice date, whatever. They, she drops them off and it is what it is. That's it. Oh, wait, they go to a party. That's what it is. They go to a party. She's like, yeah, sure, I'll go to a party. This is, she's basically just like in her cycle again, like decent enough guy, good looking enough guy, going through the motions. She's like, this will last a couple weeks, whatever.
1: And then we'll be done. Again, this is like perfect for her timetable because they both are going to school. So it's like, we only have a little bit of summer left. We're both going to be going back to school. Well, Her to school for the first time, him back to school. So it's like, that's perfect. Yeah. We've got a clear end date. One thing I did love about this party is when they're at the party, this is where we meet his friend Trey. And so they're talking about how there's this band playing and they might be going over to the to see this band play. Like Paul, Perfect Paul, is saying that he's going to go with his friend Trey or whatever. And so he's like, yeah, Trey says they're really good. spinnerbait. bait, I think they're called. And she's like, hate spinnerbait. I said automatically. <laughs> which is, Like, she literally is, like, zoned out, not paying attention. But that's so ingrained in her now to just automatically, like, hate spinnerbait. And then she, like, realizes what she said. And she's like, oh, crap. I- I'm sure Trey knows better than I do. And I'm-, I'm sure they're great. Which they're not. But- no. <laughs> but I just love that. Like, just automatic response to her now. And it's also. Like she hates them.
0: I love before that conversation, she's like with her girlfriends again and they're chatting. And I just like, think it's all of the kaboom jokes are so funny. Like Lissa's like, I got to go. I'm doing the tri-county track meeting in 15 minutes. We're kabooming the all state (laughs) athletes. Well, just said dryly, be sure to wear protection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Yeah. I love it. I love it. Also, this is where we find out that also there's some, fat phobic shit in here from chloe again um ridiculous um and then shit i got so distracted by that i forgot what i was gonna say oh yeah so and then they have the hate spinnerbait conversation i think it's so funny that or it's like a sign from the universe that the first guy you date after dexter is like a huge his friends are like a huge fan of
1: spinnerbait yeah that's a sign that is definitely a a sign telling you nope go back to Dexter yes at the end of this chapter we wrap up with she's leaving work one day and Lucas approaches her because again they all work in like that same strip mall because they all Mm -hmm. like rolled up in the white van and they all got jobs at their respective places so Lucas doesn't have a bride home so he asks um Remy to take him home and this is where we find out that they have uh like a meeting set up with Rubber Records so they're supposed to be going up to DC and meeting up with them and this is where she also tells Lucas like oh um Spinner playing tonight or whatever and they like joke around about how it's a turf war and they're like annoyed that they're going to be like encroaching on their like domain essentially but we get to see a little bit more kind of like maybe regretful remorseful sort of Remy here because she when she finds out about the meeting she's excited for them obviously but she's like oh like who would have thought I thought I was going to be the one heading to Stanford, leaving Dexter, and now it might be the other way around. Like, I might be here for weeks and he'll be off in D.C. Yeah. making a big or whatnot.
0: Yeah. And then we also get a little snippet of um, Babs's book. Yes. Which was good. And there was like, you know, it's kind of, again, we're on that same line of like, Melanie the main character is staying with her husband who's like kind of a piece of shit because it's easier or something and you know she's actually in love with this Brock guy and she's like well you know he's in love with me and whatever and she kind of walks away from the guy she has passion and love with and Remy says go Melanie I thought turning the last page over on the stack on my lap but I had to admit it was not typical of my mother's heroines she turned from a man of passion to a faulty man who provided a stay- a steady hand. This is where she's like, is my mother preaching settling? I kind of think that she is a little bit. Yeah. Like, I think she is trying to convince herself, like, yeah, Don is the right choice. I can't get married again. That's like, oof.
1: But you can. But you Babs. can. You don't have to stay with Don. He seems miserable. Yeah. You don't <laughs> have a to be miserable settle. guy. Yeah.
0: Safety and settling are not the same thing. Like you, yes. you can have a happy, safe, loving relationship where there's no drama and you're not unhappy like you there can be passion and security as well i guess is what i'm trying to yes. say yes
1: yeah you why choose one when you could have both yes that is that's is the, that the key have, have both. your cake and eat it too damn mm-hmm. let's go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chapter oh. 14 we made it here we go all right it's the last one of the day So we are out with Perfect Paul again, um, which I don't think he's perfect, but I just like that they call him that, and I like an alliteration, (laughs) so I'm going to call him that. And they're in Trey's really fancy – I think he has an Expedition, they say, so it's, like, a very big, fancy car. And especially for, like, 2002, what was up with the early 2000s and, like, the more gas-guzzling, obnoxious SUV? Remember, like, Hummers, like, had, like, a really Mm. big moment in the early 2000s? God, why? So if you had, like, a really obnoxious uh, SUV, you were the thing. So he's rich. It's definitely daddy's credit card paid for it. They're pulling into the quick zip, and Lissa is with them. It's not a double date because Trey has a girlfriend, but Lissa is coming along. They're, like, driving basically to go to a drive-in theater where they do, like, triple features or something in the summer, it said. So Lissa is with them. It was supposed to be, like, a whole group outing, but... Justin, Chloe, like couldn't end up making it. So they're pulling into the quick sip and the boys are like, oh, we're going to go in and, and buy some beer and other provisions. What do you need? And of course, Lissa, with the sweet tooth is like, I need some Skittles, please. And this is where Remy asked to get a Diet Coke. And two minutes later, this asshole can't remember what she asked for. Him, but we'll get to that in a second because that's a whole bit that's coming up here. So they're in the car when all of a sudden, who of course shows up, but the white van that we know and love and Ted is driving. He's dropping off John Miller and Dexter. And both of them are intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are hella drunk. They're sloppy drunk. Mm-hmm. And they both appear to be basically like they're kind of they both got like bruised hearts right now. You know because John Miller is obsessed with Scarlet, But she thinks that he's a little too immature. That he might not be husband material. All that kind of stuff. And Dexter of course as we know. It's not with Remy right now because of her her kind of control freak issues yeah. so they basically fall out of the car like John Miller literally falls out of the car and they're like talking and like they're in some kind of like like old English like medieval fair kind of thing it's all like good sir and whatever they've got this it's so funny just being very funny and it's very like you know, 20-year-old dudes who are drunk and whatever. And they keep saying hafah, which Mm -hmm. I just think is very interesting because I've heard of, like, huzzah. But I was like, what is hafah? Is that how you pronounce it? I I don't even know. I assume.
0: It probably is. It, like, is huzzah, but it's, like, well, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Or maybe they're so drunk that they're trying to say huzzah, but it's coming out more like (laughs) hafah. They're, like, (laughs) slurring. That could be it. That's kind of what I'm picturing. So, yeah, they... They have this whole conversation. So Remy is sitting in this like very fancy souped up SUV, right? And it's got like tinted windows. And so she sees them falling out. And now they've been there long enough that she's like, I can't announce myself. Like we've been sitting in here. They can't see me because the tinted windows. And now it'd be awkward to be like, hey, I'm actually right here in the parking lot, even though they're literally talking about nursing their broken hearts. So yeah, Dexter says...
0: Also really love that they're doing like a photo shoot with John... Miller and he's like (laughs) (laughs) he's like posing and Dexter's like give me a pout and like whatever and it says Dexter while in the film giggling and I could just like picture them just like being goofy and giggling together and like having so much fun
1: yes Um, I love it I love love that like everyone in the band even though like Ted's a bit of a stick in the mud and he like screwed over Dexter and so Ted you're kind of on my shit list but I still like you but everyone else in the band like I love their friendship and like they're just silly They're the definition of of boys will be boys in like the good way. So yeah, Mm -hmm. he says here on page 286. So John Miller is kind of waxing poetic about how he can't be with Scarlett, even though he likes her. And apparently he quit the job at the Jump Java because he was so heartbroken over it, which was kind of dumb of him because they need money. And so he's sort of pointing that out. Like I was getting paid decent money for like not a difficult job. And we're probably not going to end up doing... Well, this this uh, meeting with Rubber Records, because they kind of said that Ted's a stick in the mud and he has his, you know, his like standards. And he like he wants to do the potato opus and everyone else is like, we just want a record deal, man. And he's like, no, I I'm an artiste and i will. <laughs> he's a little pretentious, you know, but anyways, little, so then yeah. Dexter says here, you know, he's like, oh, yes, the fair Remy did not see me as a worthwhile risk. I am, of course, a rogue, a rapscallion, a musician. I would bring her nothing but poverty, shame, and bruise shins for my flailing limbs. She is the better for our parting. And that just made me really sad. It's yeah. It's also just very sad. And, of course, Remy is sitting there in the parking lot hearing all of this. And Dexter has no idea that she's there. So now she's like, well, I can't announce myself. But this is sad and awkward now. So the boys come out. Paul and Trey come out from the quicksip. And so Paul's like, hey, Remy. And you're just like total like rich dick move. Like he can't remember what she said. I'll just buy both. And again, I understand they're bottles of Coke and it's like a buck 29 or whatever. 2002. Right. But still. So he but comes still. out and he's like, I can't remember. Was it diet that you wanted or regular? I just bought one of, of both. So Dexter is sitting right there, which of course he now realizes, oh, shoot, Remy's here. But he just yells out Diet. Because he knows our girl. And I love that moment so much. And I was like, yes, Dexter. And this is why you're the better guy. And then he also basically calls her out. Or, sorry, calls Paul out and says she wants diet, but not in a bottle like that. She likes it, you know, like the actual fountain drink, lots of ice, the super large one, whatever. So he knows exactly what she wants. And then, of course, basically Remy has to... Now, kind of open the door and admit that she has been sitting there and has heard this whole exchange.
0: Yeah. And then Dexter's like kind of getting this is where we kind of see Dexter's real feelings because he's drunk and he's like obviously probably embarrassed because he's like, fuck, she probably heard everything I just said. And so Mm -hmm. he's trying to, and he's getting like a little territorial or like aggressive, like in a way. Not it's like not in a not bad his best way. moment, but yeah. he's yeah, he's drunk and stupid here. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh no, it's totally fine. Not awkward at all, but we'd say if it was, right? Because that's the deal. And so then they kind everyone kind of just like backs up and leaves just perfect Paul, Dexter, and um, Emmy, Emmy, <laughs> <laughs> Remy sitting there. And he is like they're just kind of having this like kind of awkward moment, and Paul's like, "Is everything yeah. okay?" And he's like, "Yep, everything's great." Then Dexter's like, obviously pissed. He's like, "Fine, absolutely freaking fantastic, man." He said, shaking his head. That thing has a freaking spinnerbait sticker on it, for God's sake! Better hurry, Remy. <laughs> Old Tucker and Baba the Third are probably going to get uh, are probably getting impatient. Also, I want you to know that Andrew genuinely knows somebody whose legal government name is bubba and right? his child's name no he's a bubba junior no it's worse oh god grippy grippy
1: grippy that's his... his name is grippy his legal name is grippy so it's bubba and grippy <laughs> bubba and grippy <laughs> bubba Only in the and grippy baby yep <laughs>
0: Yep, I was like, I was like, wait, those aren't their nicknames, and he's like, no, those aren't their nicknames; those are their real names, Legal Bubba names. and Grippy.
1: So, Mike and I, since we just moved to Georgia, we were discussing moving up here we were joking around about like hypothetical kids' names. We're like, oh, like you know, you live in Georgia. Your kid has to, like be named Bubba. So now, for some reason, Mike, every once in a while, <laughs> so dumb, I don't know why he does this, but we'll just be like in the car, like running an errand or whatever. Like this over like the last month, he has done this just like at really random times, and I'll just be like, Mama, like, <laughs> and he's not good at doing a southern accent either, which makes it even better. And so he's like, Bubba's hungry, or like doing like, like, do it, like pretending to be like our hypothetical child named Bubba, who for some odd reason was like born in the backwoods, apparently. And I was like, where are moving. No one talks like that. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah, so now to know that like Andrew actually knows someone legally named Bubba and his son, he named who like what woman agreed to be like, grippy. Yeah, we're gonna name our kid grippy.
0: <laughs> grippy. That's so good. And like and Grippy oh, Grippy is our age. So Bubba's his dad and Grippy is, is our age. And then there's another brother named Trevor. <laughs> How do you have
1: Grippy and Trevor? <laughs> How do you name one a normal name? And then the other one Grippy. Was Grippy the first kid or the second kid?
0: Oh, uh, I don't remember. Because I'm not
1: sure which is worse. Like you name one Grippy and the next one you're like, eh, Trevor. Or is it like worse if your older brother is Trevor and you turned out Grippy? I don't know.
0: Grippy is in fact the older brother.
1: That's, I yeah I don't know which one is where I think that's wild. Your first kid you're like grippy. Remember the next one? She's like, can we just name this one Trevor? Yeah.
0: She's like, how about Trevor? He's like, okay. How about a uh, fishing rod? And she's like, how about <laughs> how about Trevor?
1: I'm gonna name him tailgate. <laughs> it's my favorite activity. And she's like, mm, Trevor. <laughs> Let's name him Ford
0: F one fifty. And she's like, uh, Trevor is good actually.
1: You know like Bubba. all those people that named their kids Espen like ESPN but like made it into a name like that this guy would do something like that i think
0: or like NAS- NASCAR and they're yeah, like NASCAR. It's, it's NASCAR
1: <laughs> NASCAR you hear um excuse me ma'am
0: it's NASCAR <laughs> excuse me it's NASCAR is how we pronounce it in this how household
1: okay but it's uh, french <laughs> <laughs> it's french she's like name one french french thing you know one word and he's like uh NASCAR <laughs> And we're allowed Uh, to do this, y'all, because we live in the Southeast, okay? We can make fun of our people. (laughs) Exactly. Part of me loves, like, a drunk, angry Dexter, and I'm like, go off. And another part of me is like, oh, Dexter, you're going to regret this tomorrow morning. (laughs) You're going to regret... Kind of making a little bit of uh, an ass of yourself here. Yeah. But he
0: calls Remy out, man. Like, And he he knows Remy, dude. Like, he... It, he's got her number. He is like, you don't believe in love, so it just follows logic and you wouldn't believe in like, and you wouldn't believe in like either or friendship or anything that might involve even the smallest personal risk. And it's like,
1: damn. Yeah, that. Mm.
0: No offense. No offense, Remy. You're my girl, but you kind of had this coming, unfortunate. Yeah. Like actions yeah. have consequences and yep. sometimes those consequences is your
1: ex-boyfriend yelling at you. And you know what makes me really Sad about this scene is I understand both their points of view because yeah. both basically both of them are arguing like Hey, I told you this from day one, which is fair. Like she she didn't make a secret of the fact that you know from day one when he ran into her she was like Ow, my elbow! Oh, you're annoying! Ugh. And then she gave him a chance, and he's saying Hey, from day one I told you I thought this was fate. I wanted to take a risk. I told you that I liked you, and you're basically afraid of the fact that I might actually really like you. And both of them are so right in a sense. and like, that's what makes it so like tragic and heartbreaking is you're like, "Ah, I see both, like Remy 100% deserves to be called out in this moment. And again, Dexter might not be going about it the best way because he is drunk at the moment, but everything he is saying is 100% true and you feel for him. But at the same time, I'm like, I get where Remy's coming from, where she was like, because she says here, like, you know, would you, I was just trying to be honest. Did you want me to, you know, basically, like, string you along for another month and then end it, you know, when, like, you would have been more attached? And it's like, she brings up a point, though, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you just kind of feel for both of them. But I, I do think it's, like, really sad when he tells her about how everything he said on day one, like, he meant Um, That day that he, like, ran into her in the showroom. And you're like, oh, Dexter, you sweet little pure cinnamon roll. (laughs) Like, you are just a nice guy. And you're right. Like, he is being punished, basically, because he really likes her. And that's not fair to him. But she is just so scared (laughs) that she, like, can't see that, you know?
0: He is, like, the thing that's also really sad, too, is, like, he's completely right. Like, she... Yeah, yeah. She does really like him and she would probably not have just dumped him in like in a month. And she knows that because she's like, OK, right. if I got to the place where I was like about to go to school and I was like even more into this guy, you know, like that's what's in the back of her mind. Obviously, like the front of her mind is like, got to go, got to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's so sad, too, because there's like there's so much hurt here on both sides And Remy just goes back to her complete defense mechanism mode walls fully up. And he's like, that's what this has been all about for you. Correct. Making it clear that you and me, it was nothing more than what you'll have with spinnerbait boy or the guy after that or the guy after that. Right. And like, she's like, I wanted to tell him he was wrong because he was wrong. You know, he is wrong. And she knows that. But she doesn't because she has so many things she needs to work on so she's like yeah you're right and then she does
1: exactly like her defense mechanism that she did after that terrible dinner with chris where she's like oh you're gonna say i'm a bitch okay i'll be a bitch then and she like snap of a finger she instantly becomes that remy when she's not that remy you know
0: also she says here he said himself i was a bitch but i do not remember yeah, i was like ever
1: calling her a bitch yeah no i was like he has not and, and i was like is she insinuating that like him saying like oh you can't like you don't believe in love so you don't believe in friendship or whatever is she insinuating that like that's him calling her a bitch because i was like he certainly has never verbally called her a bitch at any point so mm-hmm, i think no. she's interpreting 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 <laughs> <Interporating. laughs> interpreting i can't even talk right now someone interpret me um (laughs) interpreting that i guess interpreting
0: i'm leaving that in interpreting
1: who's interpreting it
0: so then paul does that paul thing and he's like is this guy bothering you and (sighs) she's like no let's just leave and then Dexter does like another cute thing where he's like, "Young knight, be forewarned. When she does have the fountain drink, she's a she has a vicious arm on her. She will peg you, my good man, when you least see it coming."
1: And <laughs> I, I thought that was really Paul funny. Being like the fuck? <laughs> yeah,
0: Paul's probably like, "Who okay. is this fucking guy? What is going on?" And she's like, "Whatever. Let's just go to the movies." Dexter,
1: Dexter, 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 you sweet little innocent child. I can't. So good.
0: So good. So then the next day, Remy goes home and her mom has come home early from her Florida trip. She says Florida was amazing. She feels like herself again, which made me want to book a flight to Florida. (laughs) And she says, like, whatever, they're just talking. She's like, "Okay, I'm going to go surprise Don at work. I just miss him and I want to see him. And Remy is like, wow, that must be so nice to... It was nice, this brushing need to say something to someone right this very second. Almost romantic, really, if you liked that sort of thing.
1: Remy. Yeah, come on, girl. Remy. Girl. This
0: it's so obvious. Like, just yeah. wake up, Remy. Wake up. <laughs> wake up, Remy. And so then, it, like, this chapter is like, boom, boom, boom. Like, scene, scene, scene. So then, yeah. like, then she goes, she's the next morning, she's in line at Jump Java. And it's packed some guy leaves the line because he's so annoyed, which, like, okay, guy, like, fuck you. Um, Scarlett is super stressed out. Our queen working the espresso machine, doing what she needs to do. She hustling. And then Ted walks in. He is... A jackass, as always, he like hates Ted. Dexter, dude. He hates Seriously. Dexter.
1: Why are you in a band with him if you like everyone else again has such good vibes and seems like such good, true friends? And Ted is just like shitting on everyone, everyone, <laughs> particularly Dexter. Yeah, like, he's Why? jealous. He's jealous us.
0: So he sell- tells her that they're leaving for DC in an hour to meet with the record label, and he's not very optimistic because he thinks that everyone. In the band is like a shithead, basically. He's like, I'm the only one who's right. I know what we need to do. Everyone else is just being whatever. Talk shit about Dexter saying that he's like Mr. Positive, Mr. Everything's gonna be all right. And
1: because yeah, that's such a terrible train in someone. <laughs> Jesus, how dare he. <laughs>
0: God forbid he's God like working like what? Like also, he Ooh. does know what he's doing. Like he knows the record label wants to hear covers. He was, like, he's trying to get a record deal. Ted is trying to be, like, some weird non-sellout. But let me tell you something about sellouts. They make money. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you get to a certain level of fame, you can start doing, like, whatever you want.
1: Oh, yeah. Like Yeah, you just gotta, like, sell a couple albums, and then you can be Mr. Creative Artiste who does your potato opuses, okay, sir? So, like, Sell right. out for a minute. It's fine. We all have to make money. <laughs> right. Also, like, you know,
0: that you're not necessarily selling out, even because, like, you can put your own spin on covers that make like, for example, the most one of the most iconic covers of all time, Johnny Cash's version of Hurt. Hurt's not Johnny Cash's song. True. But he but took that song. Yeah, he took that song and like it's a it's a completely different song. Not to mention the shits creek version of <laughs> Uh, oh you're simply the best the Schitt's Creek version is a completely different vibe that makes it like a a wedding song
1: Spoiler: sometimes covers (laughs) are so big that people don't even realize that you are for instance the state I live in adopted Ray Charles version of Georgia on my mind and he's not even the person who originally sang that song but he did such a phenomenal job with it that he became synonymous with that song right now gun to my head I could not tell you who did originate it but i know it is not originally his song so there's nothing wrong with covers covers
0: are right
1: fine. right
0: <laughs> it's just a, it's it's a, just a different form of art but anyway so moving on ted is just a little shithead and then they kind of leave each other and and she goes and again we're seeing like her saying oh this is Dexter's is gonna leave her behind now but you know it's totally fine like everything's fine like i'm totally cool i'm chilling."
1: you know, doing she's that. She's very thing. chill about it. Yeah. She's yeah, so yeah, yeah. chill that she goes on a cleaning binge. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> like, sure, she's girl, like,
1: tell me how chill you are.
0: <laughs> she's like, Dexter's gone for a full week, which is completely irrelevant to my life. But during that time, I completely reorganized and deep cleaned everything I own.
1: She re-alphabetized her CDs, which I love oh, that yeah. that's a thing you could do in your car back in the day.
0: I know. <laughs> I like Honestly, my Spotify.
1: We all talk about like, you know, nowadays there's like all those things, which, yeah, like don't text and drive y'all that is dangerous. But it's like, you know, technology and how it's making life so dangerous. CDs were way more dangerous. You have like a little thing and you were trying to like drive and take out which one you wanted. And it was, that's dangerous.
0: <laughs> that That yeah, is dangerous. Uh, also, do you remember when... Like five disc CD changers had were like in the trunk, and you had to like open the trunk, like put it in your
1: like five CD. Yeah, that. And if you knew someone who had one, you're like, oh, you fancy! You've got Mm -hmm. the five disc changer. I only ever had a car that had like the one CD at a time kind of thing. But I definitely knew people that yeah, in the trunk. Mm There's my sister. (laughs) Like,
0: she had one of those in her trunk. And it was filled with Little Kim because my sister loved Little Kim. Um, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> like it was like like I I borrowed her car to like, the day of prom. I borrowed her car because I needed to like do stuff for prom, and my parents you know had their cars. And I remember I was like, all right, it's prom night. Let's let's get some jams on here. <laughs> and then I like open her CD case, like, and it's literally Little Kim, <laughs> Little Kim, Little Kim, Little Kim, Little Jessica Simpson,
1: Little Kim, Little Kim. I was like. <laughs> The one Jessica Simpson is hysterical. It's like a bunch (laughs) of Lil Kim and Jessica Simpson. Mm, Yeah, respect though on all accounts. But that's a lot of Lil Kim. I didn't even know Lil Kim had that many albums out at that point. You know, shoot. I know. She (laughs) had she had every one of them. (laughs) She had every one. That's so good. I love it. Yeah, she's just doing some reorganizing because she's. Not upset about Dexter at all. This is all total oh. normal things. Totally She's normal.
0: totally chill. She is vibing, man. So she and then gets she to...
1: goes a... to Bendo, and this mm-hmm. scene is straight up like... And again, I say this with love to both Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, but remember that award show where Tina Fey and Amy Poehler like dissed Taylor Swift for dating too many guys or whatever? And then Taylor mm-hmm. Swift was all like, there's a special place in hell for women. I mean, she was quoting whatever that one... Lady who's like a famous feminist who's here, I can think of right now, that she was like, you know, it's not cool for ladies to be hating on ladies. Which I agree, Taylor yeah. yeah, she gets to bendo, and basically all of her friends are like, "Let's go through a list of all the people you ever dated." And here's the thing about that: first of all, again, only women get disrespected for or called yep. a slut or whatever. Easy, a slut, a whore for yep. dating. If again, if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, like it's totally fine, and you can date literal children. But the other thing is, this was like, again, these are your friends. Like this is not, and she's like, makes it clear to them that she's not comfortable with this. And they're all like, no, 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 but let's keep going. But also like, as she said, they're going back to like sixth grade. And it's like, the fucking yeah. like a real relationship, like half of these relationships were like, that, like that's what you're supposed to do in high school. Like you do date someone for three months and then move on because it's high school, <laughs> you right. know, like, definitely middle school. Like, I, I can't even think, I mean, I'm sure if I saw her for a second, I could think of guys I dated in middle school, but like off the top of my head, I couldn't think of their names because that's how like irrelevant that was to the grand scheme of my life. And here her yeah. friends are all just like slut shaming her, essentially, and not a fan. especially, it, it, You know, I expect this kind of behavior out of Chloe, but not you, Jess, okay? You're better than that. I know,
0: I know. Also, uh, rewinding just a little bit, um, I've recently found out that Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler, not Amy Poehler, not Amy Poehler, the other one, Tina Fey. Tina Fey, Tina Fey is actually like super duper problematic, and Ooh. I also have to mention that I tried to read her book and it was really bad. And
1: oh, that's a buzzkill.
0: I know it's a bummer, right? I've been like, well. You know, there's so much shit. Like Thirty Rock is really funny, but there's like so many scenes that you're like, "Yikes, yeah. dude!"
1: I never watched. Like, I've never watched it religiously. I watched like some of it, and I know like a lot of my fi- my friends were like, "Oh my god, Thirty Rock's so good!" But I just like never got into it. I, I think, think she's been doing these days. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's disappointing, um, though.
0: But yeah, that was really disappointing when they were like shaming her. Like, but at the end yeah. of the day, Amy Poehler That's and cool. Tina Fey are like. You know, in their 50s, they're like a totally yeah. different generation. So they have a lot to learn, is all I'll say. But I think
1: that mm-hmm. Amy Puller is wonderful. I do love some Amy Puller. She's a good egg overall. We all make yeah. mistakes. Her book was <laughs> really l- good. As long as we learn from them, exactly. well, that's good to know. Yeah. Oh, also, this just... is where Remy is basically so the whole like, let's go through the list of your guys' conversations because she comes and is like, time to dump perfect Paul. <laughs> yep. I Which is what we'll she does. There you go. Mm-hmm. No,
0: just like another guy you'll forget about within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's it. We kind of leave Remy in like kind of a shitty place. You know, she's obviously mm-hmm. really upset about Dexter, but she's not like acknowledging it. Her friends aren't being super supportive. One thing I will say is like every single Sarah Dessen book we've read so far has these really beautiful and inspiring female like relationships. And I'm not really seeing that in this yeah. one. You know, like Jess is a good friend, but right, she's not really right. around a lot. Lissa right. is, you know, Lissa's like one of those friends that's like, you love her, but you're not like gonna call her in twenty years. And then Chloe sucks. And <laughs> it's it,
1: it oh my god. Yeah, gosh. this is probably like We said, I think on our first episode discussing this lullaby, that this was the first, like, friend group. Like, Remy has multiple girlfriends, when in all the other novels it's like, they're one really good friend. But, yeah, I don't know how I feel about all of them. They're They're not my favorite group of friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's... I wonder if it's, like, a reflection of the fact that Remy, like, can't let herself be truly loved by another person, so she kind of has these shitty friends that she has around because they know her and they've been her friend forever but they're not necessarily like adding anything beneficial to her life
1: yeah you know I we all find ourselves something. in there
0: yeah we all find ourselves in or at least i have found myself in spots like that where i'm like just surrounding myself with people out of like convenience and not necessarily yes. out of like an actual like love you know you see that a lot in the russia industry too you like trauma bond with people at work and then yes. you like never talk to them again Yeah, <laughs> but yeah so I yeah, think that, that's very that might true. be what we're seeing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what we've kind of seen of Remy so far, she's kind of wears this mask around people. Like she's mm-hmm. not good at being open and who she really is. Like Dexter is kind of one of the first people that's really getting to see the true her. And so I wonder if, yeah, that plays a little bit. Of, I think she's going to be one of those people who makes lifelong friends in college. Like she's yeah. that girl. Like right now, like these are, I think her and Jess will stay in touch, you know, but I think that Chloe and, and Lissa, when she goes away and gets away from like this group in this town, I don't think, yeah, that in twenty years they're going to be talking, as you were saying. So I think that's that's very true. But yeah, I, I wonder if yeah if that was done. But this on the list of questions asked for Sarah, uh, kind of purposely. We're like, were these friendships kind of shallow because mm-hmm. like that was kind of supposed to be portraying like what Remy, the kind of connection that Remy is like able to give at this time in her life. I, like I think there probably is definitely something to that yeah for sure
0: well i'm really excited for our next episode where we finish yeah, this book and see what happens
1: bit. there is a line it's on i want to say the last page or the second to last page i know it's definitely in the last chapter i could literally quote it right now it's one of those things again talking about like how my memory works with these books like there are certain things i remember so vividly and then certain things i'm like she had a brother <laughs> 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 but there, one of my all-time favorite Dessen lines is in the end like one of the last pages of this um anyone out there listening I wonder if you can guess what it is don't say it obviously like don't comment yet. but when we post the last one I I would like to know if you if you thought it correctly or guessed it correctly but yeah we're getting to that so I'm very excited I from what I remember of the end of this book I very much enjoy it so I'm very excited I can't wait get to read Remy like coming into herself hopefully because yeah right now it's She's kind of at a low point, and that's depressing. Yeah. But I think she's on the precipice of finding out some things about life and love. So yeah, you definitely. can do it, girl. You can do it. And we're just going to continue being out here loving Dexter and John Miller. <laughs> yes. Drunk and debauchery. <laughs> I, love, I
0: love them. Um, and then our next book is Blocking Key, I think, right? Uh, no. I
1: think we're at Truth about Forever is next, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm just seeing. Yeah, that's the next one. On the
0: back of the thing, and then it says April 2008. And I'm like, oh, there's no way. She waited
1: until like, there's no way there was that long like, ago. Yeah, 2004, I believe, is Truth About Forever. So that should be the next one, which... Oh boy, that might be like eight episodes. Because I could just talk about the Truth About Forever. I can't forever. wait. <laughs> I so can't wait. Get excited. Get excited. <gasps> um, yeah. Join us on
0: Patreon if you want. Uh, Patreon.com slash HateSpinnerBaitPod. We talk about a bunch of things. Sarah Dessen, our lives... We get to know each other. It's super fun to have that community. Um, I've loved Sarah Dessen since I was like a kid. And so it's so exciting to be able to talk to other people about it. Yeah. If you feel that way too, come along, join us. Come hang out. We have a good time for sure. We're on, we're on TikTok now. You can follow us
1: there. What if else? you want. We're so cool. We're millennials oh on TikTok.
0: <laughs> we're, I'm doing my best. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Sarah Dessen so nice. did like the last one I made about Mira. So no big deal. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. But kind of a big deal. Um
1: <laughs> and yeah. Enjoy your week, y'all. Take care. Yeah, I hope it's a good one. I hope it treats you all. Well. And we'll be back next week with the the finale.
0: Woop Bye.